and welcome to the Football Fignots podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this is episode seven. This week, training camps are in full swing. We go over mistakes we've made in the first five or six episodes, and we do some follow-up questions on our DFS. But first, the biggest thing that we always do is start with a beer. Craig has poured me a glass of something that I don't know what it is. Craig, tell me what I'm about to try. Uh, So this week, I went to go pick up some supplies at the store, and I said to the guy, "Give me, pick a new IPA for me, because they had a lot of new beers that I've never heard of. This being one of them, okay. this is a uh, this is called Citrus Plunge IPA by Blue Point Brewing Company. I've had some of their other beers, but this is uh, I guess this is a new beer. I guess this year there's a little there's an old timey dive helmet on the front. Yeah, like the old like like iron lung looking metal helmet. Yep, yep. So uh, yeah, we have I've never had this before. This is new. So I think most of most of the folks listening to us, if they know Blue Point, they probably know the toasted lager. Yeah, I think that's what's the most uh, famous thing there. Um, and where, where are they? Are they on a Long Island? Um, I'm going to look in this can without trying to spill I wanna it. I want to say they are. I think they are. They're in, yep, Long Island. Okay, so they're a relatively local beer. I don't know how far they stretch outside of the Northeast, but... All right, so let's give this a try. I'm going to give you the first sip. Okay. I am going to tell you... It's uh, very IPA citrus smelling. Right. It's got a strong uh, IPA hoppy smell. Yep. Um, it's got a moderate color. It's cloudy almost like it's an unfiltered giving craig a second to taste before see we learned there craig's drinking and i'm talking Hmm. okay interesting i don't think i've ever had a citrus ipa so the citrus kind of hits you and then you get the bitter you never had too juicy i you know what i've had it once okay there you go so So i really don't remember so this is okay so this is it's not as citrusy as i remember that being now that I'm thinking about it. All right, well, now it's your this turn to talk because I'm going to try it. All right, so Britt's going to try it. Yeah, here he goes. He's drinking. He's swishing it around like wine. He's thinking about it. He's staring at the floor. He's pondering. It's a very pondering-looking face. This should be on video. I don't know what I think about this. I like it. It's hoppy. It's got a hoppy it's very finish. very hoppy, yes. A nice hoppy finish. Um... I wonder it's if this is one of those uh, beers where if you keep drinking it, it tastes better. Well, how many of them did you buy? No, it's only a four pack. And we've only got an hour. I mean, we, you know, it's, yeah, you know. But anyway, you're saying I can't down four beers in an hour? No, I, no, I know you could easily <laughs> down four beers in an hour. I was there the day of the Guinness Two Roads collaboration, and mm-hmm. we we drank a lot of beer. That was a good day. And well, yeah, I remember most of it. <clears throat> Actually, I remember all of it, but it was it was fun. We had some surprise guests. And we accidentally sat right next to the camera. So Craig and I are at Two Roads Brewery for this collaboration they're doing with Guinness called May the Road Rise. And we wanted to get there early because we wanted to make sure we got a table. Uh, Craig's actually wearing the shirt from that event right now, which is how I remembered the beer name, to be honest with you. I looked over at Craig's shirt. And while we were sitting there, they start setting up this camera and laptop setup. And that's when I remembered they were going to do a live feed from the Guinness Brewery, and there was uh, members of both brewery on either side of the water, and they were going to do this like massive toast thing. So as they're setting it up, I realized we are literally inches off of the camera in like the front row. So by complete accident, Craig and I were on the camera to Ireland like all the, all the whole time. But we had a really good time that time, and that was an amazing beer. I'm not a stout guy, and it was really good. I'm surprised you liked it. I am surprised I liked it too. Um, but it was it was really solid. It was really good. Unfortunately, they literally ran out of it that day. They did. And it was a, a limited collaboration. They only did so many barrels of it, and it was so popular at the brewery that it is gone. So, mm-hmm. But their, um, their nitro beer is back, which is very... Uh, which one? The nitro um, stout. It's very the one that's more similar to Gen- how Guinness is. Is that the dry Irish? Yes. What's that called? Irish Exit? Uh, I'll have to look it up what the official name is. I think it's called Irish Eggs. I tried that too, and I was like, yes, this is like drinking a... If Two Guinness. Roads had invented Guinness, it would taste, this is it would what it would this. taste like. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, while we're on the topic of beer, before we get into our football stuff, I know we're spending a lot of time on beer today, but um, a couple of events coming up. Um, we have Oktoberfest 
coming mm-hmm. up in Stratford. That's the weekend of what, September 17th? I believe so. 16th it, and 17th. Yep, it's a Saturday Sunday event at the brewery. We you know, we love going to Two Roads. Um sponsor and then us. yeah, sponsor us. <laughs> and then September 30th is one of Craig and my favorite event, which is the Harbor Brew Fest. If you are in the Southern Connecticut area at the end of September, it's a huge sampling that's held in the ballpark at Harbor Yard in Bridgeport, Connecticut. But but a fifty to hundred brewers show up, and it's unlimited samples for like forty five bucks, and it supports a kids charity, whom I can't remember right off the top of my head. But you know, yep. it's it's a fantastic event, and with wall to wall food trucks. Yes, yeah. So imagine a, a ballpark, a minor league ballpark, where every part of the warning track is covered with food trucks, and that's literally what it is. The center, the outfield, and the infield diamond are all brewers asking you to sample their stuff and the outside of it is all food trucks so that you don't like fall down die from alcohol poisoning but it is a fantastic (laughs) event so those are coming up but the biggest news in southern connecticut beer has got to be what's currently aging in the barrels at two roads if we had creepy music i would key it now i don't think we do we could probably find some but if you can if you're hearing creepy music right now it means craig found some Right now, aging in the barrels at Two Roads is God's gift to pumpkin beers. Rhodes Mary's Baby. I love this stuff. It is my second favorite beer that they make and pretty much I can find anywhere. And it's just amazing. I mean, it's aged in rum barrels. It's aged in rum barrels. It's, it's a mixture. It's half aged in rum barrels and half normal fermented. So you get a strong beer flavor, but you also get this rum finish. Oh my God, is it good? And it's it is aging. Good. It'll be out in August. See, Craig won't uh, drink it till September. That's right. I won't. I'm a big pumpkin fan, and just to keep things whimsical, I only have pumpkin flavored stuff from September to December, January. January is my my extreme limit, with the exception of pumpkin granola because I put that in yogurt and that really doesn't oh. count because it's like pumpkin seeds. The only thing pumpkin I like is pumpkin beer. To be honest with you, not even pie. No, I don't like pumpkin pie. Get out of my house. I'm a weird guy when it comes to my pie. I, I like chocolate cream and I like this is apple. turn into a rock skit. Yeah. <laughs> do you like pie? <laughs> you don't like that moon pie, do you? That was the, that was a uh, live show we were at, right? Yeah. Where Rock asked if he liked moon pie. Anyway, um, so moving on. So that that's fantastic. Very excited about that. I saw them filling the barrels a couple of weeks ago. So probably in about two weeks, Rosemary's will come out. And that's when Craig and I pretty much move into the brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not talked to them yet about doing the podcast from the brewery, but that's a conversation that should happen. Could. I mean, we would just have to sit like in the back when it wasn't busy. I mean, or in the side room. They've got that private room. They do, but I don't think we can afford to rent that room. Well, but I mean, we plug them so much, maybe they would just let us use the room. I mean, if we sit there and, I mean, maybe. we basically advertise for them and we don't get anything true. for it. We don't ask anything for it because we true. love them. That's true. But, you know, maybe they would. Uh, they you would. never know. Yeah. I mean, never we're not know. even asking for free beer. Just let us set up there for two hours a week so we can record this thing. It'll be fine. That's right. So, okay. Moving on. Enough about the beer because Football I could talk stuff. about this all night. Football stuff. So, um, what most people don't know is that I sit and listen to every podcast we record. The reason we record on Wednesdays and release on Fridays is I quality check everything on Thursday. Uh, so, there are times where I catch something and if it's not major, I don't have Craig edit it out. But, you know, we haven't had to do a major edit out not yet. yet. Thanks for jinxing, jinxing, uh, jinxing us. Right. There it is. There's the first edit out right there. Craig saying jinxing yeah. us. So, but we do make mistakes because uh, we are human. So I wanted to own a couple of those. So just really quick, here's a list of things that we said that was not accurate. There goes my t- tablet again. Stop falling asleep. What are you doing? Okay, never mind. Um... In the first uh, first two episodes, I said Drew Brees was traded from San Diego to New Orleans. No, he went as a free agent. He went there after the 2005 season. Rivers was acquired in the 2004 draft, which put pressure on Brees. Then he got hurt at the end of the season. The shoulder was a question, and he went to New Orleans, and he's been fantastic since. So there was no trade there. Um, Mike Gillisley is in New England. Uh, there's reports that we may or may not get to today that he is uh, in a battle to lead that backfield. Um, I heard he might not even make Mont Knight even make the roster, but now it seems like he's really in the running here. Uh, we said Kenny Britt was in Cleveland. That's not true. He's in, I'm sorry, he is in Cleveland, not Philadelphia. Uh, and we said Anquan Bolden played in Arizona last year. He hasn't played in Arizona since 2009. 
So, uh, yeah, that was kind of like us That's dipping right. into the past. He's in Baltimore, isn't he? Uh, he was. Sure. No, he was in Detroit last year. He went from Arizona, Arizona to Baltimore, Baltimore then Detroit. You're right. That's exactly Send correct. Send him to Detroit. That's funny. That's good stuff. Um, we talked about uh, Ricky, whether or not Ricky Waters had a ring. He was on uh, the 49ers championship team, I believe, at Super Bowl 29. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I said, had a home-based incident for domestic violence. It was actually a different uh, issue in 2016 and did have a issue on St. Patrick's Day. So there was an incident, but it wasn't the way I described it. I described it as... Somebody just randomly called it in, and it wasn't even him involved. But no, that was not true. There was actually an incident that had to be called in, and it was reported by the victim. Uh, we talked about the QBs in Chicago. We couldn't remember who was there. It's Does Glenn- anyone remember who was there? I-, I can tell you now. It's Glennon, Turbisky, and Sanchez. Uh, Glennon is the projected starter, but Turbisky... Sanchez still plays? Yeah, Sanchez has become this guy who just floats around. He's become Dan Orvlovsky, where he floats around to really bad teams who need a third-string quarterback... And then, miraculously, somebody gets hurt and ends up at the second string. So it kind of happens on a regular basis. Oh, okay. So you know who he is? He's the Bernie Kosar without a ring. Oh. Remember Bernie Kosar late in his, his, uh, his career was floating around to different title contenders. Mm-hmm. Played uh, He played behind Aikman one year in Dallas yep. to get a ring. And then, he, I can't remember where else he went, but he yep. went somewhere else. He, Sanchez has become that floater guy. Oh, he's like the new John Kitna. Yeah. Did John Kitna ever win a ring? I don't think so. No, but I mean, well, Bernie <laughs> Kosar did. So, uh, and lastly, I did say that the Raiders did not make the playoffs last year. They did. Um, they lost to the Texans in the first round. Texans I, are good in the playoffs. The, yeah, they're, they're really, really bad. Until the last round, anyway. Well, I can remember. I remember that game specifically because the Chiefs were the two seed, and they were the bye. And I'm looking at the first round of the playoffs, and I can't remember who the six seed was, but I wanted them to beat Pittsburgh. Because if the six seed advanced, the six would have to go to New England, and we would have gotten the winner of Oakland versus Houston, who we were three and and0 combined against that year. So I'm like, please, Pittsburgh, whatever you do, just lose and send the other team to New England. I think I'm in Miami. I think Miami was the six seed, and then that way we get a team we've played and beaten at home. We might actually make the AFC Championship, but no. Pittsburgh had to go and hold seating, so Pittsburgh ends up going to um, Kansas City, and Houston ends up going to New England, and we all know how that ended. So, um, there's the end of that. So that's our; those are the errors we've made. Apologize, we're only human. What do you want from us? We're here to drink beer and talk football. You know, that's right. That's so, what happens here. That's absolutely true. That's exactly what happens here. I uh, my notes are gone. We stop using a Windows tablet. Well, what else do you want me to use? Buy me something better. It's a low-budget show. We need new microphones first, or at least another new microphone. Why is it opening a new window of Chrome? I don't want this. Currently, Britt is trying to figure out how to use a Windows tablet. I am. It's it's not giving me all his all... Uh, notes are. He's hitting the screen. I don't and know, you know what, what he's doing. Oh, he's reaching for actual paper. <laughs> he is now going through his bag. Some, oh, he's pulled out a keyboard. Because when I set the keyboard on it, it automatically resets to uh Also, ladies and gentlemen, mode. this is your little tech preview, too, of how to fix a Windows tablet, or a Surface, rather. Yeah, what little I know about my Surface, um, which is technically not even mine, uh, is that if the keyboard's attached, it automatically reverts back to, like, oh, you're using this as a computer mode? So, all right, we have, okay. we have notes. Okay. We have notes. Okay, now I can't see my notes and talk at the same time. All right, so let's talk about stuff that's happening in the training camp. That's what I wanted to talk about this okay. week. Or do we, we want do to talk that. about the DFS follow-up stuff first? Um, you know what? While it's still fresh in people's minds, if you're listening in order, let's do the DFS, Fantastic. DFS stuff first. Um, if you're still listening after the first six episodes, thank you. So uh, we had a couple of calls. Um, calls. Jeez. What are we, Mike and the Mad Dog? <laughs> Hello one day. There, Mikey. Huh? One day. You never know. Yeah, one day. You never know. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. That's right. Really bad Chris Russo impression. That was I'm sure bad. he's going to sue me now. Probably. Yeah, that'd be fun. Anyway, um, one of the questions we got is I said, stay away from high entry pools. Stay away from those $1,000 entry pools. But somebody said to me, what if I have a million dollars of dis- disposable income and I want to go into $1,000 pools? Why shouldn't I go there? First off, you should send that money to me. 
Um, yes. You know, care of Fig Nuts DFS, <laughs> P.O. Box. No, anyway. Um, the reason is is higher value pools tend to attract more professional players. So unless you're in a $1,000 beginner pool, which I don't believe exists, you're going to attract the more seasoned and much more aggressive players. The folks who really go in there and swing the odds in their favor tend to play those pools, so you don't want to. So that's why I say, you know, don't play those $1,000 entry pools. I personally will not go in a pool over $20, ever, for anything. That's fair. That's you know, fair. That's where I draw my line. I will not go in a pool over $20, and even then you start to see some sharks, particularly in the tournament play. But, you know, if you want to go into the big pools, go ahead, but be advised you're probably swimming with some really professional players who have some strong information and it's going to cost you. So that was our reasoning for that. Yeah. That's, um, you know, I was thinking about it cause this was on, um, I heard this on the Dan Patrick show who actually, I forgot who's covering for them cause they're not there this week, but they were talking about injuries and the injury list that comes out on Tuesdays. Uh huh. That's pretty much for bookies. Oh, no question. Bidding. That's all that is. No question. Then, you know, whoever's lined up against that person, if their arm hurts or right. s- sprained, they're going to hit that arm all day. Well, that's what we talked about a little bit in the DFS preview is sometimes yeah. you get information that somebody may or may not play or somebody's injured. And it all that stuff changes as soon as you know somebody may or may not play. Um, so that, that, that kind of, you know, if, if your best defender is injured or may not play, all of a sudden that best wideout he gets a bump and you know, people who know that tend to score better. So excuse me mm-hmm. for a moment there. Um, the other question we got was, I hear a lot of people say these games are fixed, that they're not legit. People have inside information. People change lineups after lock time. How do I know that I can trust these sites? Well, there's a couple things you can do. Number one, every time a contest goes live, it locks all of the lineups of all of the entries become public knowledge. So Craig and I are in a head-to-head, let's say, a two-man, me versus him setup. The moment the first game in the pool goes live, our lineups lock, and immediately we can see each other's lineups. So if there were the ability to change your lineup midstream, the other players would be able to see it. And I guarantee you, people are monitoring this because there's a lot of money changing hands there's a yeah. lot of states looking at it. I don't think anybody is allowing lineup changes after the start of a contest. Yeah, just like how last year there was that whole thing with someone had access to you know the lineup database, but they Correct. were they were making their own bets on the other site. Yeah, because it has always been a policy of FanDuel and DraftKings that if you work for them, you may not bet on their site. So you cannot work for DraftKings and then enter people into a DraftKings pool. But until last year, there was nothing saying you couldn't play on your opposing sites. So people were taking inside information they were getting at through their job at DraftKings, making FanDuel lineups, and supposedly making millions of dollars. I don't know if that happened. I can tell you that it is now currently prohibited for any member of DraftKings or FanDuel to play on any other DFS site. They've ruined it for everybody. They really did. But <laughs> um, So, I mean, there's that too. So if you're worried about the legitimacy of the sites, you can consider that as well. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think it's going to be closely regulated. I know certain states are already regulating it, so I don't really worry about the legitimacy of the lineups, um, but it's watchable in case uh, it's something that we're concerned about. So, uh, so those were the follow-up questions we had for DFS. One last question I had uh, that was submitted to me was, you talked about game pools. What are the game pools? Well, there's a bunch of them when it comes to football. There are game pools that are Thursday through Monday night. So every game in a given week, if it's week two, every game that is considered week two is in that pool. There are Sunday-only pools, which only take in the 1, 4, and 8.30 games. There are pools just for the 1 o'clock. There are pools just for the 4 o'clock. There are basically any way you can divide the games up and carve them up, you can find a pool that covers. I like the larger game pools. Um, I don't usually use people on Thursday night, but I like the Thursday night pool just because it gives me, for the people who decide, oh, I know something better than everybody else, I'm going to pick this guy up on Thursday. I, I don't think the Thursday numbers do well in general. I don't think people on that short turnaround of rest really do great. 
so I tend to avoid them. And if I can get somebody on a full week's rest who's going to be just as good, I'd rather do that. But, you know, what are your thoughts on, on Thursday night pools, Craig? Thursday night pools, I tend to, I really try to stay away from them. Yeah. In general, because guys are hurt. You know, their their rest period isn't the same, so you really never know how they're going to play. Right, right. So I tend to, it's too much, um, there's too many factors in it. Like maybe if there's a Thursday night only game and it's like a quarter, you know, I'll just screw around and, that's, and do that's that. The other but that's thing. about it. When there's only one game being played, they rarely set up a pool. Usually if you want to do just Thursday, it's the previous Monday night and that Thursday. They do like these weird split pools where you have to bet Monday night of week two and Thursday night of week three as a pool. Which I hate too, because if I have a fantastic Monday night and I gotta wait till Thursday, that just kills my momentum and my and there's so much that can change. And again, once a pool starts, it locks. In most cases. Craig's cat has entered the studio. My cat is reading Britt's notes and she is not very happy with them. No no, she's actually scratching at my notes. Again, this is video would be great right now. It would be. What are you doing, cat? She's uh she's editing your note list. This is actually humorous to watch. I almost want to hit the pause button and watch this for like 20 or 30 minutes. Crazy to try and snap a picture. So I'll, I'll keep talking. It. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, sorry, we're I'm easily distracted today. I, I had a wedding this weekend, and I'm still recovering from it. A lot of fun. Um, congratulations to the to Jeff and Dan. It was fantastic, and it was a beautiful wedding. Uh, couldn't ask for better better uh, uh, weather and a better circumstance. And they served two roads at the banquet. There so, you go. Yeah. Win-win. Yeah, it was it was it was win all around. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the news notes. Training camps are open. Training camps are open. Yep, we've got and we've people already got already people hurt. dead. Yep, exactly. We've already got people getting hurt. We've already got reports. Um, let's start in Baltimore. Baltimore is already a walking wounded unit. They have had Dennis Pitta hurt, and they've already cut him. Ken Dixon is out for the year. Uh, who else is on that mash unit right now? I had it. I had it, but it's uh, who else? It's like twenty-five people. There's a lot. One of their best cornerbacks, whose name is escaping me, right off the top of my head. Flacco's back is hurt. Flacco is missing practice time. Um, to the point where they said the K word. You know, <laughs> really? Yeah, oh yeah, Colin Kaepernick's the new Beetlejuice. If you say his name three times in the city, he <laughs> magically appears. How do you? How, not to bring it up because it's. I think this topic has been killed because there's really yeah. nothing else going on in the NFL. Yeah. How do you, you feel about Colin Kaepernick, or you don't care? I love social activism. Um, people who know me know that I work in social services. So to me, social activism is a big part of what I do. When it prevents you from doing your job, I think it goes too far. I think you need to be able to find a way to do those kinds of things and make a statement without drawing so much attention to yourself as a person that the message gets lost. And that's what I think Colin Kaepernick did last year. Okay. You know, I go That's back fair. to I go back uh, several years too, and I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, but somebody played for the Sacramento Kings, who, as a Muslim, decided that he could not stand for the anthem. He took it as a religious thing, and the media picked up on it, and it went viral. And I, was it Abdul Rahim Sharif? I don't know. I haven't followed basketball. I, yeah, I don't follow basketball that closely. Like early or late 90s right but the moment that it became all about him and cameras were on him every single national anthem he was like no this isn't the point of this i'm not trying to draw attention to myself and and he he, he kind of backed off it so that's where i kind of think that colin kaepernick went wrong so did you want to change my notes she cut the bottom half off <clears throat> oh that's all right that was just the tight ends kickers and defense preview from a couple oh, yeah, weeks ago oh, so it's, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine um so that's why i think i think we're yeah. that's where colin went wrong he he needed to he needed to to nip it in the bud and say you know what I can believe this and I can stand up or in this case sit down for it and but once it became about him I think he should have really backed off it but that's just my opinion I know a lot of people feel differently I know a lot of people the feel other, um, the other big topic again because there's nothing else to talk about in the NFL what are you talking about I got a list full of training camp notes lit but how do you feel about the Jets uh, safety. You heard, did you hear that story? No. Hand me the beer and tell me what's going on. Um, so what happened was the, um, the Jets have this safety. There you go. Thank you. I just opened another beer. Uh, it's UFO uh, White Ale, if you're wondering what it was. 
It's good stuff. Uh, you can see the interview. You, you can look it up like for the exact wording, but he basically okay. said, you know, football's his life. His dad played football. He's grown up in football, and he would, he would die. He'd be happy if he died on the field. He's an idiot. He's twenty-one. Then he's a young idiot. So he said that sitting next to Roger Goodell. And then today or yesterday, they had him do a pseudo apology saying he understands what, you know, what could happen and that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this the NFL is just it's PR must whoever their PR person is or department must be like hitting their head against the wall. Yes, because now the NFL has ended their contract with the uh, National Institute of Health. Well, they, they got that, that CTE result that said like 99% of all samples yeah. showed signs of CTE. And they stopped short of saying had CTE. They showed the signs of having CTE. So to me, that's that says, okay, there is a definite link between football and head injury. But does football cause CTE? I'm not ready to say that based off of the results of this research. But it's certainly something that we have to take a look at, and it's certainly something that's it's too strong a correlation to be coincidence that yeah. 99 out of 100 samples showed signs of brain injury. We've got to do something about it. And the NFL's response to do something about it was to say, okay, good luck with your research. You're not using our money for it anymore. And half of it was unspent. Really? They had over, like, I think almost $13 million or more Like they didn't spend. Did they have to give it back, or are they keeping uh, it for future research? I'm not sure. I didn't look that deep into it. I would hope, because that would make sense to me. If I were a researcher and I was worried that my research would upset my benefactor, I would spend wisely, because if they pull out of my grant, I want to be able to use the existing money to, to do some, some good stuff yeah. with it. You know, so... Um, I think the issue lies... If you're in the NFL... You've already you're in that one percent of players who made it. You're getting a pretty decent paycheck, even if you're like you get the base level check. It's oh, yeah. still it's still a considerable amount of money. Agreed. Um, so you already understand the risks. Like you should know. Well, there's my point. <laughs> Did they know the risks before That's like, the, the last two or three years? My thing is they should do more for people in college. Because when you're in college, you're doing full practices all the time. Yeah. You're going full speed 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. There's no medical checkup. And then the majority of these guys, that's the end of their football career. Yep. And they just leave college and go on with their life. And the NCAA says, here's your free college tuition. That more than pays for your service. And if these people have long-term medical effects, then that's that's an issue. Yeah. I love football. I love football probably more than any other sport. Um but I do, I do too. I do think it has flaws. Hell, I, I even played in high school, and I regret it waking up every morning. So what, you have you have long term effects from your high school days. I sound like Rice Krispies when I get up in the morning. What your voice? No, no, my joints. Oh, your joints. Yeah. Oh, okay. I do that now when I didn't play football in high <laughs> yeah, school. Yeah. So we had the old pads where like they were about as thick as this piece of paper, and they were like forty years old. Oh, jeez. So. <laughs> oh, jeez. So. Well, what are you gonna do? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I, if it makes you feel any better, that's why we're doing a podcast on football instead of playing it. We both have bad joints, right? So, so anyway, all right. So back to um, where we were. We were talking yep. about the uh, the impact of training camp already. Baltimore is a mess. Do you know who else has bad joints? Who? The Bills. All of them? I'm pretty sure. Talk to me about the Bills because I know you did research on the Bills and I haven't looked at it. Everyone on the Bills is like I don't know how the Bills are gonna get through this year. The only thing I've heard out of Bill's camp is that Tyrod Taylor is very unimpressive. That's all I've heard out of Bill's camp so far. Yeah, they said he's like stuck in neutral. Really? He hasn't improved. His biggest issue is he holds the ball too long. Well, that's the biggest issue for most quarterbacks. He's still like looking around uh, too much. One interesting thing about Tyrod, Ta yeah, Tyrod Taylor yeah. is that in the offseason, he actually paid for players to like fly down to where he lives in Atlanta. Okay. And he did like training camps with them. He lives in Atlanta. You telling me there's no other players that live in Atlanta? One other player. Are you kidding? He paid for their hotel. He paid for everything. There's and, like there's like a he total. Did, he did their own workouts. There's a total of two NFL players living in Atlanta. I find that hard to believe. No, the Bills. 
Like oh, the Bills. Players. Yeah. Oh, so members of his own team. Yes, yeah. He wasn't going to pay oh. for like the Chargers players to go. Why not? With them. So that was. I thought that was uh, that was pretty nice. You should invite Cleveland Browns down. They don't should. have much of a future. But, um, yeah, they're having. I just they're not really gelling. That's what it sounds like. Wow. And they just had that head LeSean, coaching change. LaShawn uh, is uh, he's he's back, but he was out with an illness. It wasn't was a generic he, illness, so I don't know what he actually was wrong with him. Wasn't he out a couple games last year with a mystery illness, or was that his yeah, knees? Yeah, it might have been him. And Brandon Tate, was he hurt his calf. Uh, he's back, though, but he is he did get injured. So injuries are abounding already in training camp, and this is literally the first week. So Baltimore is the walking wounded. Um, you know, I'm hearing similar concerns out of places like Indianapolis and now Buffalo, and you heard the report out of Miami? Jay Ajayi oh. has his first concussion of the year. Yep, and he didn't even really get hit that hard. Nope. Got his bell wrong. You know what I said. found out about him? What's he that? is British. Like, actually born yes, and raised there? Yes, he was there? born in, the, in London. So how do you end up in the NFL? He must have been in the college over here? He went to college here? over here. Okay, that'll do it. I'll do it. But here's the, so here's the question fantasy-wise. Jay Ajayi suffers a concussion in the preseason. To the best of my knowledge, this is his first but as we all know, concussions can become a recurring issue if people aren't careful. Yes. Once you've had your first, it's entirely possible to have it kind several. Kind of loosens everything up. Right. Um, for further on this, see Al Toon, um, who I'm convinced. I, I know <laughs> he wasn't Toon. diagnosed, but back in the day, he, they didn't diagnose concussions. Al Toon jumped for everything. Yep. Unnecessary jumping. Everything. No Everyone. matter what. Yep. If they ever put him into a, like a legacy edition of Madden, he would have to jump for balls thrown to this No feet. matter what. Yep. Even if it was across the field. Yep. <laughs> he was that, and he was a decent receiver. He was. He a decent, was. He was. You know, by those by those days standards. I mean, if you put him in today's standards, he'd be a thousand yard receiver every single year. So. So now here's the question: Do yeah. you does that become an issue with you with him? Jai. Mm-hmm. Were you drafting him? Well, that's the it be question. For fantasy or that daily? is the, that is absolutely the question. Does Jai move down my list? One wrong hit and he's out again. Exactly. So I don't so, know. I don't know. Let's see. I'm going to the ADPs to see where he's going at, what the latest ADP has him at. Checking his notes. I am. The latest cheat sheet I have has him as the 13th best player overall, but uh, he's going 16th in most ADP. In the ADP. Uh, he's going... I, by the way, source of my information is fantasypros.com. They do a fantastic job, and most of their information is free. They do have a subscription service, and based on the information I'm pulling down, I'm considering adding them to my list of people that I pay money to for information. But uh, Jay Ajayi has a ADP ranging from 13th to 24th, depending on wow. the site. And right now, they are grabbing from four different major sites. So he is uh, the eighth running back off the board. Um, on average, he goes between Jordan Howard and DeMarco Murray. Does this change things for me? Yeah, I can't take him over DeMarco Murray right now. Okay. There's a, for me, if you're going to have a concussion in the preseason, you need three or four solid weeks. To me, that makes him an RB2. Mm -hmm. I can't draft him as my lead RB. So, yes, for me, I mean, what did I say, 16th overall? Yeah, his backup is Damian Williams. Yeah, I don't know who that is. So that doesn't... And again, I'm not big on Miami. I was big on Tannehill last year. He's been playing for three years. Huh. Yeah, Probably I was sold back. on the Miami Dolphins offense last year, and I am not this year. So um, that that's just me personally. So I would say if he's the eighth running back off the board, 16th overall, that puts him mid-second round. So the only way I would see using him is if DeMarco Murray was already gone in the second round. If I went wide receiver first, I might take him. But DeMarco Murray's got to be gone. Todd Gurley's going after him. He's got to be gone. Uh, Leonard Fournette. I don't know what to make out. I'm not a big fan. That might be where I draw the line. He might drop as far as the 10th. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. That, but that's a maybe. we got to see how he bounces back, but... You know, given the history of people with these kinds of injuries, yes, I am concerned. What about you? Uh, what about me? What? Would you move him down? I have him as the eighth um, best running back in the ADP. Is that too low? No, I think that's right. I think so that's you would right. still you would still take him over a Demarco Murray? Yes, because I personally have had Demarco Murray, and he is 
giant question mark every week. Really? Yes. Real? I I've had good experiences with drafting him. But that's me. Yeah. Now here's a question though. Yes. And this is more for normal fantasy. Yes. Yeah, we're talking do pretty you, much season long tonight. Yeah. Do you draft the person's backup? Only for my studs. Only for my studs and only when the backup is exceptional in his own right. So, for example, I'm trying to think of a good example to this year. And usually only a running back or wide receiver. Like last year. Okay, a good example. Last year I ended up with Brandon Cooks. Yep. I ended up getting um, Drew Brees in round five or six. Mm-hmm. And I immediately started eyeing Michael Thomas because if anything happens to Brandon Cooks, Drew Brees is throwing to Michael Thomas. Makes so, sense. And that's that's where. And again, he was the number two, so he was going to be on the field regardless. And there were games, honestly, where I started Brees, Cooks, and Thomas. So it, I, I did do it, and Thomas turned out to be really, really good. And he's probably my keeper this year. So yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. Well, we moved to that system now where you lose that round pick. It was a ninth right. round. Mm-hmm. So ninth round when I went and finally grabbed Michael Thomas. Um, because as a rookie, I didn't think a lot of people would know who he was. I am worried about a sophomore slump. Really worried about a sophomore slump, but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Who knows, you know? So um, in terms of uh, injury, more injury news, Eric Ebron already hurt. What happened to him? Hamstring injury. Already? Yep. Monday, he left practice with a hamstring injury. He did not practice on Tuesday. I did not see the practice reports today. Today is Wednesday. So he's already missed a practice and a half. Given the fact that he missed uh, multiple games last year, not not really consecutive, but he was on the injury report pretty much from week six on or so. Um, I don't know. But he was he was injured a lot. I know I had him, and he was injured a lot. And injury was the biggest concern I've heard from pretty much everybody out there. What are you thinking? Does this does this damage his value? Um, it probably does. I would think it does. I would assume it does. I mean, he was one of the better tight ends on the board. I'm looking right now. Again, because of tight ends, there's a I don't, there's a really big drop off after like the top three. Agreed. So uh, I don't think it's going to affect people drafting that much. But that's just my my opinion. Where is he? See, Brick can't even find him on a list. He has a list in front of him, and uh, he can't find it at all. Still looking. Okay, hold on a second. Tight end one. All right, I'm going down the ADP. Tight end one is Gronk at 19. Tight end two is Kelsey at 32. Tight end three is Reed at 41. Then Greg Olson is going at number 48. Jimmy Graham at number 63. Nope going. Kyle Rudolph, then Delaney Walker, 76 and 77. Uh, Tyler Eifert going at number 81. Wow, you should have had this in Excel. Probably would have been easier to find. Martellus Bennett at uh, uh, tight end 9 at number 85 overall. You're not helping his case. Hunter Henry. <laughs> Zach Ertz. Oh, wow, he's falling behind Ertz. You're really, you know, see, so it doesn't really affect anyone drafting. Eric Ebron, number 122 overall, tight end number 12. And again, they update these da- daily, so that, that just says to me, hurt. yeah, this is this is considering a day and a half of him getting hurt. What did we have? Hold on a second. Let me grab my tight end stuff here. Uh, I think that's my what the cat ripped up. Yeah, it was, but she left this part in, intact. Okay. So when we discussed him a couple weeks ago, I had Eric Ebron at tight end eleven. So he's dropped only one spot. Okay. He's dropped one spot so far. But are you concerned? Does do injuries in the preseason matter to you? Uh, being a Bengal fan, yes. Okay. Because the Bengals have had their history of injured players in preseason. So if we're gonna talk about the okay, so if we're gonna talk about the Bengals, <laughs> what the hell is going on with Perfect? He has um, emotional issues. <sighs> he gets angry too quick. He's the reason they lost the playoff game a couple years ago because he had a personal. Uh, foul, 15 yards. I remember. He's the reason they lost. Um, he's always been known as not the nicest player, which I'm okay with. But when you do it against your own team, you're you're definitely crossing a line. It's like him and Ndamukong Sue have some yeah, sort of weird trigger. I don't get it. Because he could have easily have broke uh, Giovanni's knee in practice. Yeah. 
because he hit, he hit him and he slid down his body and put all of his weight on his leg. And with the and with like, the come am- on, man. And with the amount of injuries that Giovanni himself has dealt with mm-hmm. in the last year or two, you know, it's it's a concern. Mm-hmm. And, and here's here's my thing. I know he's he's one defensive player. Most fantasy uh, players season long do uh, defensive teams or don't deal with defense at all. But to me, the behavior of defense affects the offensive flow of the game. If your defense starts giving up points or easy scoring opportunities because of stupid decisions like personal fouls or bad play or things of that nature, you know, we have seen it. We have seen defenses make great stops and then someone stomps somebody intentionally as they get off and they get a 15-yard personal foul. And next thing you know, you go from punt range to field goal range. It can change the outcome of games. So to me, this perfect issue kind of makes me nervous just a notch on the offensive side. Does this put them in a situation where the offense has to play from behind one or two games more per year or give uh, cost you a win here or there? Because, you know... A week one loss doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're a game outside the playoff going into week 17, it's major. Mm -hmm. It's major. I go back to somewhere in the late 90s, the Mets and the Braves were in a major league, literally, playoff battle. And the Mets end up missing the playoff and losing to the Braves by one game. One game. And that was a game I was at Shea where Mike Piazza blocked the plate, caught the ball, tagged the guy on his ankle, stood up, held the ball up, and the umpire called the Braves runner safe. The Braves ended up winning that game by a run. I think it's, it's actually one of the more famous things, because Piazza goes nuts, rips his mask off, starts screaming at the umpire, somehow doesn't get thrown out. I think Willie Randolph ended up getting thrown out. I think that was Willie, Randolph, Willie Randolph's team. But if you go back to it, that's mid-July. If that game is called and the Mets end up going on to win that game because it's a 2-2 game if that's an out, the Mets go on to win that game. That's an extra loss for the Braves, an extra win for the Mets, and the worst-case scenario, they're tied. So you can say that one bad call or one bad move costs you an entire season. Now, the baseball purists will sit there and go, well, they play 162 games, Brett. But you look at that moment when it's one game, you look at that moment and you say to yourself, that's where everything shifted. It can be a major issue. And that's why I look at when I see things like this with Perfect. It does make me nervous, and I do think it does it have does. the potential they, to ripple up the team. They could have won their first playoff game in years. Yeah. If he didn't if he didn't hit the – I forgot who he hit, but it was a personal foul. Yeah. Which, I mean, then they were going to stop them. And then that other, you know, they got a first down, and that was the end of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and the reason why I hate preseason? Yes. Um, a, I think preseason is too long. It shouldn't be the game-wise, not not camps. It shouldn't be four games. There's no point. Because before it used to be, oh, well, we have to figure out who's going to start. Or who right. Else. You already know. Yes, no, not a single starter first, will pitch the field the in game week one. By the time it's mid-August, you already know who's starting. Well, in most cases. In most cases. But even still, in preseason one, not a single potential starter will hit the field. No. But then the issue is why just do two games? Why have four? Money. Well, yes. And the reason why I hate preseason is because way back when the Bengals drafted you ready for this name? Yeah. Kijana Carter. Oh god, here we go. Best running back in college. Drafted him. You know what happened? Second play, or maybe it was the first play of a preseason game? Tore his knee. Tore his knee. Out for the season. And that's why I hate preseason. It took us seven episodes to get to a Kajana right. Carter reference. I assure you, listeners, it will not be the last you hear between be. now and the Super Bowl. So, yeah. No, I'm with you. Just, I'm with you. You remember, you remember the Michael Vick story? Remember the Michael Vick story from our fantasy league? Which one? Oh, the, the one where, okay, so Craig will probably remember this halfway through telling it. We had a league meeting. Like during one of the preseason weeks, we all got together. I think it was a Ruby Tuesdays of all places. And we're all sitting there and our commissioner had notified us that in order to be fair and to give people special preparation time, we were going to do draft order and we were going to announce keepers at this meeting. And it was like week two or week three of the preseason. 
So one of our league mates, Keith, who's probably going to join us as soon as we figure out how to do Skype and record at the same time, which Craig is working on. I'm not good with this stuff. This is why Craig is like officially the producer of this podcast. Um, he'll be joining us, but he was very excited to announce that Michael Vick was his keeper. And literally two and a half hours after he said that statement, Michael Vick's season ended in a preseason game where he was only supposed to play one series. And all of us, and that's why we don't announce keepers before our draft date anymore. We announce keepers minutes before our draft begins because stuff changes that rapidly. And his season was literally over before it started. I know. <sighs> I remember that now. Oh, yeah. 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 I had the burger. It was amazing. <laughs> so, okay. So, anyway, back to... Yeah, we're what's... getting a wall burger. Slide topic. Are we in trouble? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, get, you, you still get burgers. Where's it going to go? Uh, right where Ruby Tuesdays was. Just right around the corner from a cheesecake factory and across from the Asian Bistro. Yes. Yes, it is. There you go. I feel like I'm going to end up quoting mall rats when I say this, but food stuff should be relegated to the food court area. <laughs> I, I worry I sound like Brody there when I say that. Oh, you know what? Quick aside. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Rift Tracks the other night because they have a, a, a station on Pluto TV, and I'm watching a movie. Oh, what was it called? I can't. Ga- Guardians of Araxis or something like that. Jesse Ventura plays this futuristic like space cop. Well, the guy he's chasing down looks awfully familiar to me, and I cannot place him, and it's driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. So I finally go on IMDb, and I look it up. It's the guy who played LaFors in Mallrats, the evil security guard, mm-hmm. only he's not wearing his stupid hat, so I didn't recognize him. Oh, okay. It's the same actor. He actually has done other movies other than Mallrats. Oh, good, good, good. Good for him, and he spoke in this movie. Oh, good. Because if you remember, he doesn't say a word in Mallrats. No, he, he has doesn't. No not. lines. Not a single one. Anyway, so there's your geek uh, culture sidebar for this week. So, um, more training camp notes. How do you uh, feel about Jacksonville? I, well, Blake Bortles threw five interceptions in their first full drill. You remember two years ago when Blake Bortles was the fantasy god, and and our buddy Sean was ready to go down and propose marriage to him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. He might be all right. So here's the thing. He might be a DFS flyer. I'm putting this on the table now because it might come up later. There might be a time where Blake Bortles has been so bad that his value in DFS drops to a level where he is so cheap, he must be used. It's possible. We talked about multiplier values the last time. So what I look is you take the person's um, salary, divide by 1,000. So somebody's $2,000 salary, you consider him a two. You then get his points and divide that number into it. So Blake Blake Bortles say scores ten points at two thousand. So that's ten divided by two. That's five times his salary. That's a five x value. You look for those because that's where you can save money to put into bigger players. I see a potential for Blake Bortles to be so bad this year that he has a salary so low that if you catch him on the right week, you might get twenty x value out of him. You might get a twenty five thirty point week, where or forty point week where he's only $2,000 and you could win a boatload of cash because you believed in Blake Bortles on the right week. I think it's going to happen once this season. I don't know when. If I can figure out when, we're all going to retire. But <laughs> it, it it's going to happen. I'd I really okay do. I'd be so okay with that. He's bad. He's bad. And Brandon Albert retired. Their left tackle just up and retired this week, and they've replaced him with a second-round draft pick. So now you have to worry about their offensive line, which was a concern to begin with. I've seen articles who said, I don't know who's going to start on the offensive line. You've got that. You've got a rookie running back who now has to wish that he had stayed in school for a fifth year. You know, I it's I, I don't see anything redeemable. Wait, there, wait, wait. He wanted to stay in school? No, he should have. He should oh, have to oh, avoid oh, being oh. drafted by Jacksonville because okay. Jacksonville is that bad. You remember when they first started and they were good? Didn't they make the? Didn't they they make went the to Super the Super Bowl, didn't they? Mm, they went to the AFC Championship early. Yeah, that's something. Of. That was when Tom Coughlin was there. I remember I think. their first season somewhere, possibly here or possibly somewhere in my parents. I have a Jacksonville Jaguars hologram card from Tops. From their inaugural season, mm-hmm. might be worth a couple bucks. It might be actually probably two. 
three bucks probably. Oh, yeah. No, speaking of tops, like we're getting so sidetracked this yeah, week, but that's okay. Right. It's, it's okay. just kind of an we're update week. We're trying to fill up. You know, we're doing the end. There's nothing really going on in the NFL other than injuries. And well, the, the, well, I, I did have more notes, but we can always fly through them. Um, did you see that Tops is putting out another signature series for Star Wars for the 40th anniversary? I saw. I we need a box of this. And it's probably going to cost us eight hundred dollars, so we need to probably. win money on DFS so that All we can right. go out and buy we can, we can do that. a box of Star Wars cards. It's guaranteed forty signatures per forty pack box, and signatures are being bumped for relics. Nice. So there are two signature packs, and there are multiple rare cards. Yes, I know we're probably going to end up with ten copies of whoever was in the suit when Greedo got shot, mm-hmm. but. Still, there's a chance you pull a card that's signed by Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill, and then we're all sleeping in bags full of money. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm okay with this plan. I think the Han Solo right card, the limited edition Han Solo card from the last one, was limited to five copies or something like that, and it goes yeah. for eighty grand. It's a I'm baseball okay card, eighty thousand right dollars. I'm okay with that. Well, I am find too. It. It's like the Willy Wonka of cards. It is. It's the golden ticket. Um. It's a yeah. ticket. Of course, so, we're going to get Stormtrooper number six. Well, we could probably get like a hundred bucks for that. Maybe. Probably not. Anyway. Uh, so what other notes did you have okay, for so people who are still listening? Deshaun Watson versus Tom Savage. So Deshaun Watson gets drafted this year, and everybody pretty much presumes, because this is also what Houston was saying, that Tom Savage is going to be the starter now. Deshaun Watson is our hopeful future. Now what I'm hearing is it's a 50-50 chance that Deshaun Watson starts week one. Um, I've seen multiple reports that say he is impressed in camp. Bill O'Brien, who never praises anyone, he got his kid's report card and said, you only got an A-, minus. get back to work. Um, he does not give praise, said he has progressed faster and further than any rookie he's ever seen in football. So there's a legitimate battle at quarterback in Houston. The question becomes, are either of them worth a flyer if this battle turns out to be really good? Does this bump anybody up? Does the competition bump anybody up the chart? I think Mm -hmm. we had them at the bottom of the chart, and like the bottom five or six, whoever starts in Houston. Mm -hmm. If Deshaun Watson outright wins this job, does he move up the chart? Does he become like a late round flyer, somebody you take a gamble on? He might. He could be your star backup. Well, there's the other thing. If you take somebody with an early, let's say you take a, somebody who's got an early um, bye week, like week mm-hmm. five or six, and he's sitting out there because Savage is starting still, but Savage is starting to struggle. Once your bye week is over and now your backup is now just an injury backup, Somebody you might drop and say, okay, I'm going to get somebody more depth in another position where I'm struggling. Do you then drop him and pick up Deshaun Watson and say, well, in week 9 or 10, he might be a value? I think you do. Especially if you can keep um, more than two quarterbacks. That's the thing. We used to have roster spots for three. We don't need more. I mean, if you have a deep roster, I think he's a good third quarterback. Yeah. You know? Or a backup in two. I mean, Tyrod was my backup last year. How how many times did you use him? Just the off week? Um, two or three times. Who was your quarterback last year? Flacco. Joe Flacco. You made the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. Ay ay ay. Funny how that works. So the other big news: Ken Dixon done for the year. What happened to him? Uh dead. Wow. Yeah, officially is listed as Ken Dixon, parentheses, dead. <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. I know he's going to require surgery. He's officially listed out, out for the year in Baltimore. So here's the question. Baltimore Get ready for this hurting. one. Yeah, I told you. Maybe Baltimore and um, uh, Buffalo can make one team combined. Baltalo. There you go. Buffalore. There you go. Either way. Know. It's like a Ravens with like a Buffalo with like with bird wings. wings. That would be scary. no. That's Buffalo Wild Wings logo. Oh yeah, they can't do that. No. Eh, we'll think of something. Okay. So anyway, so that leaves Danny Woodhead and Terrence West. Danny Woodhead has moved up the ADP in response to this news. Really? But he's been playing a long time. He's. I think he's in his thirties. I think he's thirty-two or so. But the question becomes. Who's getting Ken Dixon's carries? 
West. You can't think that Danny Woodhead's going to actually run the ball more than maybe 15, 20 times the entire season, right? No, they'll do a they'll do a running back combo between the two of them. Can Terrence West handle the load? He could, but they'll use Woodhead in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, he, he's bigger. He was not spectacular in his time at Cleveland, so I think I think there's some concern I there. I thought Cleveland was rebuilding. Cleveland's been in rebuilding mode since they came back in the league. Probably. No, I they mean, have. they have. There's my brother loves. There's an old uh, internet video of Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Browns season ticket pitch, mm-hmm. in which like the, the 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 tagline is "When the playoffs begin, so does our off season." Oh, so yeah, it's sad, but you know, Cleveland just hasn't <laughs> hey, done anything a, to get I'm rid. I'm a Bengal fan. I get it. I get you it. You made man. the playoffs. Yeah, and we lose in the first round every time. Yeah, like clockwork. At least they're consistent. Yeah. They're consistent. Okay, a couple more quick reports. Is it time to worry about Andrew Luck? Uh, I always worry about Andrew Luck. He's already dropping down my board. How far? Uh, at least one spot to five. What's his ADP right now? Uh, QB. Man, wow, Aaron Rodgers is going QB one. Brady's going QB two. Breeze at three. And Ryan. Okay, there it is. Matt Ryan has passed him. Matt Ryan is wow. now going 57th overall, as opposed to Andrew Luck at 59. So and what then, round would that be? And then Russell Wilson. So in a 10-team, you're talking 6th round. Okay. In a 12-team, you're talking 4th or 5th. So the question becomes, you know, and you don't like Russell Wilson. No. Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck right now? I'm going to have to go with Andrew Luck. Still. Still. Matt Ryan or Andrew Luck right now? Matt Ryan. See, that's where it is. And a, a couple weeks ago... That was flip-flopped. I think we're going to see, unless we get him on the field soon, we're going to see Luck sink another couple more spots, which means he could be a value pickup later. You never know. It's a very good chance you could, you could get a value pickup. All right, last one before we wrap up for the week. Reports out of Tampa that Jaquiz Rogers, yes, that Jaquiz Rogers, reported by Jenna Lane of ESPN, there are reports that he may win the starting job if he dominates the first three weeks while the muscle hamster, don't call him the muscle hamster anymore, <laughs> is out on his suspension. Is it possible for Jaquiz Rogers to supplant Doug Martin? And if he does, does this move Rogers up your list? Yes. Like I feel significantly? Like Doug Martin has he's one of those guys that every year he has like a he has a slight injury. Right. And he'll miss one or two games or not play a full game okay and when a player who starts and doesn't finish the game really screws you in fantasy football that's because there is no injury um at least in leagues i've played in there is no injury replacement right i mean Um, that's that's not an issue in like a best ball league where you don't have to set a lineup Right. right now, Doug Martin is going as the 33rd running back off the board, 83rd overall, right ahead of LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, I would use Doug Martin as my third or a flex if I, I mean, had to. But. He's going ahead of like other backup people like Derrick Henry, uh, Kareem Hunt. I might actually... Kareem Hunt. He's the um, backward dis- backup to Spencer Ware in Kansas City. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, he's going up there too, so... I, I think you do. I think Doug Martin's got to slide down the board a little bit. He's still a question mark. He's suspended. I don't know if it moves Jaquiz Rogers up, but it definitely moves Doug Martin down. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the clock, and we are just about out of time. Um, Want to thank everybody for joining us on Episode 7. Uh, this was kind of more of our laid-back kind of update episode. Uh, we will be posting weekly going forward. We have some special treats that I don't even think I've discussed with Craig yet for the end of, oh, uh, end of the month. Um, we're talking about potentially doing a live, live recorded broadcast from our do draft. Live. Do it we'll try to, we can't do it live anyway. <laughs> um, but thank you guys for listening. Please, as always email us fignutsdfs at gmail.com. Tweet us at fignutsdfs. Visit the website fignutsdfs.com. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we see that the number, the download numbers growing every single day and we know more and more of you are listening. Please let us know how we can do, what we can do to continue to entertain you. Again, thank you from us. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we will see you next week.